Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories, the podcast, episode number seven. This podcast tells the stories of Jesus in an informal, informative, and interesting way. I'm George Taylor, your storyteller. If you're new to this podcast, I do invite you to go all the way back to the beginning and listen to our previous episodes. We're telling the story of Jesus in a chronological order, or as best could be determined to be chronological order. So what happens before today is important for understanding the events which we will describe in today's Jesus Stories episode. This podcast is made possible by you, our listeners. It is your prayers, your financial support, and your encouragement which keep us going, and we appreciate it. Have you helped us out? It's really easy. You just visit our website, jesusstories.info, click on the Support This Podcast menu item, and you'll find out how to do that. Did you know we reach listeners from all over the globe? You can help increase that number by just telling your friends and neighbors and family and maybe even some complete strangers about us. There's a great method for doing that outlined on our website. Go to JesusStories.info, click on the Share This Podcast tab, and you'll find the links for sharing us via social media as well. No, we did not forget that. Now, last time we left Jesus in Jerusalem for the Passover, and as we begin today, Jesus and his disciples leave for the Judean countryside. This puts them still in the area of southern Israel, not far from Jerusalem. John the baptizer, you remember him? He's probably not far away, baptizing at Anon near Salim. We're not really sure of the location of these places. Some suggest that Jesus may have been just inside Samaria, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. A competition develops, and a debate breaks out between John's disciples and some Jews about ceremonial cleansing. Even then, some people argued over the minutiae of religion's details. So because of this competition, John's disciples come to him and complain, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. Again, some people arguing over the details in a religion is not new. It takes John to put it into perspective. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven, he says. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. 
It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. John humbly recognizes that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, the Deliverer for whom the Jewish people had been waiting. This was no contest between Jesus and John. John says that this is from God. Therefore, John will become less important while Jesus becomes more important. There is no contest here. Then John reaffirms the message which we have heard from Jesus in the conversation with Nicodemus. That was last episode. Quoting John from the book of John, chapter 3, he says, He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth, and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. The Father loves his Son and has put everything into his hands, and anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. That's John chapter 3, verses 31 through 36. Notice John's continued humbleness in talking about Jesus. Jesus, he says, speaks of things of heaven, since he is from there, sent by God to earth. Again, notice the demarcation between those who believe in the divinity of Jesus and those who don't. Those who believe have eternal life, and those who don't remain, quote, under God's angry judgment, end of quote. The scene shifts back to Jesus and his disciples now. Jesus knows that the Pharisees are aware of where he is baptizing and that he is making more disciples than John, so he leaves Judea and travels north to Galilee. For this journey, the Bible tells us he had to go through Samaria on the way. Now, this is an interesting statement. Jews and Samaritans, who lived in Samaria, did not get along. The Samaritans were half-Jewish, and since their heritage wasn't 100% Jewish, the Jews in Judea and Galilee looked down upon them. It was so bad that a Jew traveling from one of these provinces to the other, from Judea to Galilee or vice versa, would avoid going through Samaria, even though that was the shortest route. They would go around the long way. So it would seem that Jesus would do as every other Jew did and avoid Samaria. But that is not the case. He had to go through Samaria. I wonder what kind of discussion he had with his disciples about this. The party arrives at the village of Sychar. This is an historic spot. Just south of this village is a field given to Joseph by his father, Jacob. Jacob is the father of all the tribes of Israel. Joseph is the son who is responsible for saving the family from starvation during famine. So these men are very important to Jewish history. 
John tells us that Jesus was tired from the long walk. John has emphasized to us in a couple of instances that Jesus has come from heaven. Now his emphasis is a little different. A tired Jesus tells us that while he came from heaven, he was also human, subject to the frailties of all humanity. Now he is tired, sitting wearily beside Jacob's well, and probably hungry too. The disciples have gone into Sychar to buy food, and John tells us that this was about noontime. A Samaritan woman comes to the well to draw water. Right away, Jesus knows that there is some issue with this woman. She is coming to the well in the middle, probably the hottest part of the day. Usually, this chore was done in a cooler time of day, either in the morning or later in the afternoon. But this woman comes at noontime, presumably to avoid other people. Jesus speaks to her. Please, he says, give me a drink. John tells us that this surprises the woman, for Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. A Jewish man was not to start a conversation with a strange woman, much less a Samaritan. Jesus, being Jesus, saw no trouble with this exchange. He was neither racist nor sexist. The woman is surprised by Jesus' request for a drink and says so. You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? But Jesus is merely opening a conversation about much more than physical water. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Remember what I told you over the last couple of episodes? Jesus would, in many cases, speak of things in spiritual terms while his listeners would try to comprehend his message in physical terms. This woman is no different. But, sir, she says, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? There is such a communication gap. But Jesus begins to overcome it. Look at the offer he makes to this spiritually thirsty woman. He says, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman says, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Again, the woman is still thinking physically while Jesus is speaking spiritually. Jesus finally gets down to this woman's real need. Go and get your husband, he says. Now, this might have put the woman at some unease. She replies, I don't have a husband. Jesus responds with a truth about her life that he would know, and perhaps she sought to hide. You're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. The woman tries to change the subject. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? 
for the woman this was such a burning question for this man perceived to be a prophet, but not really pertinent to this woman's needs. Jesus recognizes this and replies to her. I like this way this reply is rendered in the message. Quote, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship, guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews, but the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. It is who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves, in adoration. Wow, there's a lot to unpack in these statements. But I think the gist of it is this. God is looking for worshipers who will give him all of their heart, not just a little, but everything. It won't matter who you are or where you worship. The question is, are you being real before God? This may have been a little overwhelming for the woman. She responds, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And for the first time, Jesus admits his identity. I am the Messiah. Let's pause for a moment and unpack this. Jesus is admitting his identity for the first time to a woman. Women were second-class citizens in this first century time. In fact, a man wasn't even supposed to speak with a woman in public. But here is Jesus talking with this woman. And not just any woman, a Samaritan woman. I told you previously that Jews, and Jesus is a Jew, and Samaritans, such as this woman, didn't associate due to the Samaritan heritage. And Jesus is talking with a woman who is a multiple divorcee and living with a man now without being married to him. So this woman has three strikes against her, gender, heritage, and life choices or circumstances. Jesus shouldn't be associating with her based on any one of these issues. But Jesus, being the Savior, the grace-offering Son of God, speaks to her and reveals his identity to one of the least in this society. I would have loved to hear the woman's next response, wouldn't you? But we don't get a verbal response. We get interrupted. The disciples come back from town with food. They are shocked. Jesus is talking with a woman, a Samaritan woman. But they didn't have the nerve to say anything to him. The woman leaves her water jar and slips away back into town. The disciples urge Jesus to eat, but Jesus is a little excited. I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him some food while we were gone, the disciples wonder? And again, Jesus was speaking spiritually while his disciples were hearing physically. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work, Jesus responds. Then Jesus explains that the world is ready. The fields are ripe for harvest. 
The world has heard the words of the prophets. Now it is ready to hear the words of Jesus. The disciples are being sent to harvest from the words that people have already heard, a harvest of souls ready for Jesus. We see this in the village. The woman has come back home and talks to everyone about her encounter. Come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? The village listens and goes out to meet Jesus. They beg Jesus to stay, so he remains there for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Yes, the village believe because they heard the voice of Jesus himself and have concluded that he is the Messiah. And that's the challenge for us today. We're inviting you, dear listeners, to hear the voice of Jesus in these stories and come to a conclusion about him. Is he the Savior of this world, as this woman and these villagers concluded? Or is he just another prophet who came and went? These Jesus stories come to you because of your support and your encouragement. A few of you have reached out with encouraging words and even prayer requests. Thank you for your words. Thank you for allowing us to pray for you and your situation. You can do the same by visiting the website jesusstories.info and click on the Talk to Us tab in the menu. If you'd like to support this podcast, I encourage you to start by telling someone anyone about these episodes. Our social media links are on the website, jesusstories.info. You can share those links with your friends and contacts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to support us financially, click on the Support This Podcast tab and find the level of support that fits your budget. You can even become a monthly patron through Patreon and hear Jesus Stories Extras. Again, click on the Support This Podcast tab in the website, then click on Become a Patreon. The website again, JesusStories.info. That's JesusStories.info. In our next Jesus Stories episode, we see what happens when a prophet goes back to his hometown. We'll see you in two weeks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.